Good afternoon and welcome to MoneyWeb at Midday. My name is Chris Gilmore and we've got an action-packed show for you today. In the next 15 or 20 minutes, Chantelle Marks, Head of Research at FNB Wealth and Investments, is our market commentator this afternoon. And she's going to be unpacking uh, what is relevant in the market today. Then we're talking to Click's CEO, David Neal, who is uh, stepping down at the, uh, the end of the year after a highly successful tenure at the helm of Clicks. Um, and then following on from the president's remarks about encouraging tourism in order to create more jobs in South Africa, we talked to David Frost, the CEO of South African Tourism Services Association. Um, so that uh, could, could be quite interesting. Now, after a period of going nowhere slowly, as all other, as most other equity, uh, global equity markets have left it wallowing, the JSE uh, has, has been showing some distinct signs of life today. Perhaps in anticipation of the long-awaited uh, stimulus plan from the president, the Aussie has risen by more than 1% uh, this morning. So welcome return to positivity, and long may it continue. So as far as the, um, the indicators are concerned... As I said this morning, uh, earlier there, we were talking about the, the all-share index being up uh, 1.02%. And then we're looking at last night, we saw the S&P 500 uh, hitting an all-time uh, high uh, of 2,930.75. And the Dow Jones Industrial Index, 2666. I don't like the the way that comes out, the triple six. Uh, that's the symbol of the beast. 26661.72. Um, Dow Futures also uh, looking uh, looking better today, and the uh, the Far Eastern markets were up this morning. Uh, as far as the currency is concerned, the rand is going quite a bit stronger. It was going stronger yesterday, but that has carried on, and now we're looking at the the U.S. Uh, dollar uh, rand at fourteen point two six against the pound, just over nineteen against the euro, sixteen point eight seven. So generally speaking, looking quite good on that front. Our market commentator today, Chantel Marks, as I said earlier. Um, Chantel, do you agree with my sentiments that perhaps we're starting to see a bit of a turnaround? Here's a market that's gone sideways pretty much for five years and hasn't really outperformed uh, inflation. Yeah, I mean, it's actually, it's it's very difficult to say because sentiment across the world has been quite positive this week. Um, kind of stresses around the trade war being put on hold and investors rather opting to focus on economic data, which has proven to remain quite buoyant, particularly in, in developed markets. And this has also resulted in some positive sentiment flowing towards emerging markets. And the RAND move up until about, uh, uh, up until this morning at least, was very much driven by a, a slightly weaker dollar as well as as a stronger sentiment towards emerging markets in general. I mean, you would have seen the Argentinian peso appreciate, uh, the Indian rupee, um, along with the rest of those currencies. Um, today has been very interesting, though, because we have seen the RAND strengthen quite a bit into the announcement by Cyril Ramaphosa or President Cyril Ramaphosa around the stimulus package. And while he was speaking, the RAND was also strengthening quite a bit. And this has been very supportive for South African ink shares um, because, and, and particularly for, for banks. Uh, today was also quite interesting because the stimulus package spoke quite a bit around infrastructure. So we actually saw some of these poor construction shares rebounding quite strongly. And yeah, I mean, positive sentiment around um, reforms suggested in the telecommunications sector and the tourism sector as well, as you mentioned earlier. 
That's interesting. I mean, we've heard so much in the past about infrastructure, and yet in terms of a tangible outcome, there's been very little to, to, to get excited about. Do you think this time it could be different? Yeah, I mean, so one of the things that excited me quite a bit was the fact that we're going to have a centralized infrastructure fund. So a lot of inefficiency in infrastructure expenditure comes from the fact that it is there's, there's a little bit of a central budget for national government, and then there are provincial budgets, and there are municipal budgets. And very often they are spent very inefficiently, or they, are, they end up not being spent at all. You also have the, the, a larger probability of some skimming off the top when it comes to, to siloing your infrastructure expenditure. And what's going to happen here is everything's going to be lumped together. And it's not only going to be the, the kind of the cash investment from government, but they're also talking about equity financing and debt financing, levering up that fund in order to actually get more tangible outcomes. So I think a lot of this will probably depend on the type of people you get to run that fund. Um, but knowing the, the president or believing that I know the president, I'm sure he will leave it in very capable hands. I, I don't know about you, but I was actually quite surprised and quite impressed the way he handled this, this whole thing in the sense that it, this, this gave the impression of a no-nonsense type of approach. Uh, after many years of some of his predecessors, you know, rambling on and talking about in vague generalities, this was, was cutting to the quick and getting uh, down to, to the core of the issue. Yes, and I think what's also very impressive is the fact that he's taking quite a hard line um, leading into the election. So um, really kind of making tangible changes and tangible moves to policy certainty, uh, which we didn't think he was going to do until after the general election next year. So this is kind of a positive surprise for the market. Uh, we were expecting things to kind of just hobble along um, until May next year. Yeah. Okay. So bottom line, do you think this, you know, provided, of course, that we don't get any nasty surprises coming in from, from offshore, um, do you think this is going to help to give uh, a bit of a boost to the market on a sustained basis? So, I mean, for now, it's all sentiment driven. Um, the sustainability of that will be very much based on whether or not these 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 uh, programs actually get implemented, when they get implemented, and how successfully they are implemented. And once we can actually see tangible change and we can see investment, that's when the, the real difference will come through from a market perspective. Okay. So, look, I mean, I, I'm certainly looking forward to that. Um, and I, I think, uh, you know, we, we've been waiting, as I say, for so long that uh, a lot of people are getting tired. And a lot of um, people, uh, a lot of portfolio managers have been actually changing their attention to, to, to offshore because they haven't been getting the returns here. Maybe that's going to change. Maybe the SA Inc. becomes a little bit more... Um, a little bit more more optimistic? Well, I mean, most fund managers are very constrained in terms of how much they can take offshore to begin with. So I think that you won't, you probably won't see a move uh, away from quite a, quite a heavy offshore allocation relative to what your prudential limits are, because it does help diversify your portfolio. But perhaps portfolio management within South Africa could become a little bit more dynamic um, and a little bit more excited about the future. Okay, fantastic. Thank you very much, Chantel. We'll come back to you in a moment, I guess. Uh, but at this point in time, we're going to uh, go across to David Neal. David, good afternoon. Welcome to, to MoneyMouth. Thank you very much for taking our call. Um, you know, Clix has had a remarkably stable CEO base going back to the, the days of June Kritzinger in the 1980s and then Trevor Honeysett in the 90s and in the early part of, of last decade and then you. But, um, you know, I think uh, you inherited a bit of a mess at Clix when you took over and it was something of a Herculean task that you and... Uh, uh, Keith Warburton got involved in just to reinstate the management information systems, for example. What attracted you to take over at Clicks, uh, you know, given the fact that um, things weren't going quite as they should have been when you took over? 
Look, I've worked uh, for Boots in the UK for uh, over 20 years. Uh, and so the opportunity to join a chain uh, that had so much growth potential, uh, which is what I saw in clicks in the early 2000s when we were only just beginning to get into pharmacy, uh, that was really what attracted me. So it was the opportunity to, to, to get the business into shape. Um, but you could see the growth opportunities if we, if we got it right, which we've tried to do over the last 13 uh, years and indeed are still doing. And very successfully too, absolutely. And I think you know that is reflected in the fact that you've got such a high, uh, you know, premium. One of the, the highest uh, premium ratings of any retailer in in, in the country. Um, noticeable by its absence at Clicks is any meaningful uh, push into the rest of Africa. Is that a deliberate policy, or have you just not been able to find suitable sites? No, it's a deliberate policy, and it comes back to the opportunities for organic growth in South Africa. We've got around 600 stores in South Africa today. We think there's the opportunity to grow the base by, frankly, another 50% to get to 900 stores. And I think retailers typically look outside their home territory when they uh, have gone ex-growth in their home territory, and we are a long way away from that. Okay, so again, I suppose that uh, does go a long way in explaining that uh, that very rarefied premium that you're currently on. Um, Cl- Clicks Club Card, you know, you were one of the first retailers uh, to get into the loyalty card business in a big way, and yet we don't hear an awful lot about it. Presumably, it's it's doing the job it was intended to, mining the the spending patterns of cardholders and and helping with stock control, all all of those good things. Yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's it actually is voted South Africa's number one loyalty program. We've got uh, over seven and a half million uh, active users. Uh, last year, we gave back 320 million in cashback uh, to our to our customers. Uh, it's extraordinarily popular. It accounts for 75 percent of our sales, and of course, we've got great affinity partners now. So you fill up your tank with Shell, and you'll get a club card point for every liter of petrol you put in. Yes, well, I was going to uh, just to touch on that. The fact that you know, your great affinity partners you talk about, I mean, you've got Discovery in there, okay, that's more to do with the, the UPD side of things um, and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think you've been remarkably successful in, in uh, partnering with so many um, interesting companies out there. Uh, that's, and, and that's been a deliberate strategy. I mean, uh, Discovery, you've referenced Shell, obviously. Uh, uh, Sorbet is, is another very important uh, affinity partner for us. Uh, and of course, we've now launched ranges of sorbet products in click stores, for example, sorbet cosmetics, which has started very successfully. Okay. The current configuration of clicks, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Um, it's, it's really quite unique. Um, but, <laughs> and you're probably not going to like this question, but the, the inclusion of, of Musica, I've always seen that as, as somewhat uh, incongruous. Okay, it's been a reasonable performer. Do you think that's going to stay in future? Uh, look, music uh, we've acknowledged as a heritage business. Um, uh, we've uh, had the for sale sign up uh, for quite a while, but, but with no takers. What we've said is that we'll run that business as long as it's profitable. Uh, so we've taken costs out, we've closed a number of stores, but still we've got 100 stores, all of which are profitable. And so that, that, that still makes sense for us. Yeah, okay. So just really going back to the, um, the fact that you are so highly rated, um, I mean, your results have been very, very solid over a number of years. And as I say, I think, you know, you have taken it to, to far greater heights than, than any of your predecessors ever did. Um, 
if at this point in time, you know, with, with you stepping down, um, what would you pinpoint as being the major uh, factors that, that have got you there to this very, very um, rarefied level of, uh, of rating in the market? Well, look, I mean, I think the um, point about our rating is that 70% of our shareholding is held offshore. Uh, so why are we attractive to international investors? That's because they look at uh, the drugstore model, which is a resilient model around the world in, uh, in the face of uh, online growth. Uh, and they see in clicks a business that's got the opportunity to grow in its home territory, which they view as safe. And they also, if they look at our financial metrics, they see an operating margin that is, is, that is world class. And a country, actually, uh, with great uh, corporate governance. And, and that's a tribute, I think, to the, to the JSE uh, and the work that they do. So in that sense, uh, they view us an, as an emerging market, but they actually view South Africa pretty favorably and us fav- favorably within it. What makes our model work? Uh, well, it's actually about keeping it uh, simple. We're price competitive. We've got a differentiated product offer. We've got a great rewards program. Uh, we're convenient. Uh, and we offer good customer service. That Those are the basics of retail. And, and we try and do that well. Well, as a consumer, I must, I must say, I think you do it extremely well. David, uh, you're stepping down. Are you retiring as such? Uh, I am indeed retiring, yes. Um, uh, I, I reached my former retirement age next year, but I'm standing down now because I thought that uh, it could potentially be distracting for the business to speculate for 12 months about whether he'll go, whether he'll stay, what the change will make. Uh, we've got a clear strategy. We need to get on and deliver that. Uh, and there's a successor in Vakesh Ramsanda who's uh, ready and equipped to take over. So I'll step down uh, on January the 1st uh, next year. Uh, Vakesh will take over. Uh, I'll remain as a strategic advisor until my former retirement uh, date. But yeah, so yes, th- this, is, this is retirement. David, thank you very much indeed, and uh, best wishes on your retirement. I'm sure you'll be still very active in the business field, though. Thank you very much. Look thank forward you. to it. Bye-bye. As I said earlier in the preamble, uh, the new measures uh, that have been announced by the presidency regarding uh, tourism uh, may well be very, very positive indeed. And in that regard, on the line now, we've got David Frost, who's the CEO of the South African Tourism Services Association, SATSA. Good afternoon, David. Hi, Chris. How are you going? Good, thanks. And yourself? Very well. Even better after... The announcement <laughs> by the uh, president. Indeed, you know it's been a long time in coming, but uh, some of these um, these measures. Do you think they're going to have any long-term meaningful impact on the tourist industry? Indeed, indeed. I mean, not only long-term. They'll have, they'll have an effect uh, as soon as we can communicate them effectively into the marketplace. So the the first ones that we are, are um, enthused and, 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 and really happy about is, is the uh, significant uh, redressing of the unabridged birth certificate requirements. Um, I mean, to our mind, an absolute nonsense in the first place. And uh, we've, we've been under the cosh for the last three years. Um, in the first year, 13,000 people were turned away from points of embarkation in airports um, as a result of these uh, um, regulations. So this, this, as we understand it, will apply to the inbound market. It still, however, applies to outbound travel, which makes absolutely no sense to us. So 
whilst we welcome them we, and we don't want to be churlish, we, we, we've got to be quite uh, um, clear with government about where we still need to uh, bring some pressure to bear. And that's, that's the one area. But having said that, um, clearly these were just a huge impediment to people traveling with families or single parents traveling with children. So what we need to do is to go out and effectively communicate this into our key uh, um, sort of source markets. Um, it would have been nice if the president could have given us some some money to go and do that, but uh, maybe that's a subsequent discussion. Yeah, I mean, that's that's been a, a problem for many, many years. I remember back in the 1980s going to a presentation by Saul Kersner, um, you know, to the Afrikaanse Handelsinstitut um, back in about 1985 sometime, and it was a problem then, and it's a problem now. That uh, really isn't nearly as well financed as it could be. And is that perhaps one of the reasons why South Africa punches well below its weight uh, on the global tourism scale? Well, look, I mean, I think we, I think we, I mean, when you look at, look at uh, the allocations that we get for tourism, considering its role in the economy, we would, from our perspective, argue that we, we, we would like to see significantly more money invested. And we think that when you consider what we've as tourism contributed to the economy over the last five, you know, 15 years, um, you know, relative to some of the the more resource-based sectors that are are, are looking quite uh, uh, moribund at the moment, that, that there's a clear return on investment for the country there. But having said that, the new locus of competitiveness is, is not so much the size of your marketing budget, it's around the ease of access. So the other component um, to the President's message today that we welcome is, is this review of, of, of the whole visa regime. Um, but what we what we didn't hear from him, and I was really hoping he was going to do, is just to, you know, the, one of the key examples was this churlish tit-for-tat um, uh, imposition of visa requirements on New Zealand. Um, it, it makes no sense at all. He could, have, he could have abolished that today. He could have also... Um, abolish the visa requirements from the you know countries like the UAE, because the sooner those are done away with, the sooner we start getting business. Um, as we understand it now, they're going to be it's going to be a review process, and this may take another five to five to eight months. And uh, we really are behind the eight ball with the economy. So the sooner we get to action and stop you know talking about doing things. The sooner we can we can deliver uh, tourists, and the sooner we can we can make a contribution to the economy. Okay, just on that point, I mean, what 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 is the what is the the, the going rate these days in terms of how many genuine new sustainable tourists does South Africa need to create one new permanent job? I, I was always of the impression it was about fifteen to twenty or thereabouts. Yeah, yeah, there's there's there's, there's sort of the various economic figures. It's, I think the, the it's around twenty to twenty three. Um, tourists create uh, sort of create one one uh, you know create one job, um, but the other sorry the other two markets that I that I really need to talk about is 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 India and China and that's where we really need some some decisive action um, and we know what the problems are the the capacity constraints in both markets and these are the two fastest growing international markets and we are absolutely. Um, stagnating and have done so for the last five years in both markets. Our major competitor, Australia, just outpaces us by a country mile. Um, we get 90,000 Chinese arrivals last year. They they got 1.3 million, and it's it's still a 10-hour flight from Beijing into Sydney. So, you know, the the Chinese thing needs attention. India, we've uh, 
we grew 20% year on year from 2008 to 2012. We were at 106,000 arrivals in 2012. And last year, we, we went backwards to 97,000. The Aussies get three and a half times that. So these are, these are areas where we need decisive action. So we, we, we support what the president's doing. And I want to pay tribute to our Minister of Tourism, Derek Hanukum. He's, he's fought a dogged fight inside cabinet, which has not always been receptive, I might add, to, uh, to uh, these changes. But it's great that the president has pulled us together. So I'm just saying we're incredibly supportive. But at the same time, we've got to keep the pressure on. And I think we need to be doing things very quickly and not, uh, not in the next sort of five to eight months. David, many, many thanks for your insights and pulling that all together. And hopefully this is going to be much more of a work in progress for you guys. So I, I guess you're going to be burning the midnight oil for quite some time to come. Thanks again. Thank you, Chris. Chantel, um, just in the wake of that, um, what do you see? Do you, do you see the tourism industry? And I'm talking about things like hotels, car hire, maybe airlines starting to pick up uh, to an extent. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't actually aware of that um, that ratio, that um, 20, 23, new ar- 23 arrivals to, to one job. That is incredibly scalable from mm. a, from a yeah. jobs crea- job creation perspective. And it, it really needs attention. And I mean, just before the show, we were speaking about relaxing visa requirements and 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 David just also mentioned that the, the the Chinese story. I mean, if we can if we can benefit from inbound travel from China from China into South Africa, um, I mean, if we can move any, anywhere close to where um, the the Australians are, can you imagine the amount of jobs created? So, um, yes, absolutely, certainty. And then, as we mentioned earlier, with the infrastructure as well, proof of implementation, um, it'll go a long way. Fantastic. Well, there we go. We, we've unfortunately come to an end. We could have uh, chatted, I think, uh, about that all day. Um, this has been uh, Money Web at Midday. My name's Chris Gilmore. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you on next week. 